Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Brandon Cockrell. Brandon started Lynchpin Sales Interactive after working 12 years in sales and marketing for large corporations, such as Wells Fargo and the PGA Tour. He left because he saw how technology was changing the way we all do business and knew that with the right strategies, any business, regardless of size, had an opportunity to compete and succeed. He now leads a team of growth experts with the sole purpose of building brands through innovation. Thanks so much for joining me today, Brandon. Thanks, Diane. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm curious about all these changes and and um, it feels like everything is a moving target, you know, that, that change is happening constantly. Um, so talk to me some, well, first of all, let me back up a little bit. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Tell us what branding means to you. Let's start yeah, there. I, absolutely. No, um, I think that's a great starting point. And uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, branding to me is is really what uh, people are saying uh, whenever you leave the room, right? Like it's it's reputation. It's it's what people truly feel you're all about, and that can be whether you're a personal brand or you know a a, a brand uh, underneath a logo. Um, it's about you know what people are talking about. That's I guess in a in a certain way behind the back and. Um, you know, that can be established in a lot of different ways. Uh, but I think more and more and the more that we continue to see innovation uh, through whether that's social media, whether that's just digital platforms um, in general, uh, branding is becoming more and more relevant and important. Um, and it's something that, you know, five, six, seven years ago, uh, I think wasn't as big of a topic as it is now uh, because there was a lot happening just through technology and innovation that uh, now I think we're all seeing that building a brand and building something that people can get behind is becoming the golden ticket uh, for long-term success in the business place. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I also think that you know presents all sorts of challenges because in this environment that we're in now, um, how does, let's say a small business, you know, how do they go about putting those steps in place? As far as building the brand? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a lot of different ways, but you know, the, the, at the end of the day, it's all about people having an opportunity to see a little behind the scenes. They, you know, people are starting to get uh, bought in. Communities are, are getting behind brands where they understand 
the mission of that brand. They understand what that brand is all about and what they're, they're ultimately trying to accomplish and the impact they're trying to make um, in society as a whole. And so as small businesses, and we work with hundreds um, across markets and, and industries and have for, for several years, including our own. Um, and it's just about uh, creating, and, and I know you hear the term content a lot, and I'm a very, very strong believer in video as well. Um, and that's what innovation and technology has allowed us to do. Uh, but creating content that really speaks to the why behind your business, regardless if that's a highly competitive business where you see, you know, obviously in real estate or insurance, you know, there's at every corner, there's another insurance uh -huh. agency, another mortgage company, another uh, real estate agency. Um, and people want to get behind and they want to know what you're all about. And uh, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to allow people to see a little behind the scenes and know more about your story and, and what all you've been through to get there and why you want to accomplish certain goals, you're going to see people are going to just naturally gravitate to you. And especially if it's a competitive market and a competitive field, there's not a lot of people doing that. There's not a lot of people opening up their doors and saying, this is who we are. This is what we're all about. We have nothing to hide. And here's why we want to help you. And we think that we are the best choice to help you if you're going to choose somebody. And uh, it's just leveraging these technologies and leveraging these platforms to let people in, let people see what, what's happening behind the, the doors. Yeah, I, I really like that. As you were talking, I kept thinking about um, that's that's got to be sort of a weird concept for a lot of uh, business owners or you know even even middle market companies that have been around for a long time because that's not the way it used to be you know you didn't let people in you you didn't show them behind the curtain 100 percent. and and yeah i mean it's a it's it takes kind of a re-education um yeah. you know to a certain degree and it's you know people get called up and and what i see a lot is they get called up in this bit of a crosshair between the the traditional thought process of building a brand and how you go about uh, you know really growing your company and growing your business to uh, and in between that and kind of how things are today and today transparency and authenticity is everything and whenever you look at that and you look at that as the foundational piece of what really allows you to get new audiences that allows you to build loyalty um then it's about okay how can how can i provide that in the best way that suits me uh because if you're not providing that information you know people are going to to have a little bit tougher time feeling comfortable visiting your your office visiting your restaurant visiting um you know whatever business it is you're running they want to see what they're going to be getting into when they come there um and they want to know a little bit more about uh who you are and what you're about and what your brand's about so yeah i think people get caught 
and a little bit of that crosshair of, of kind of that old school, not really old school, but just the traditional way because technology has changed so rapidly, especially in the past decade, um, that you've got to really think and re-educate your thought process behind building the business and building a brand. And once you can do that, uh, everything else starts to make a little more sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Okay, so where do you think businesses should be marketing and advertising? I mean, you talk about video, and, and I want to talk about that in a minute, but, but where should they be? Well, the low-hanging fruit answer is where their customers are. But, you know, at the end of the day, and, and this is something that we uh, work on a lot, we've got uh, through the years and just, you know, building our business and our brand, doing the same things that we do for our clients. It's all about being everywhere and being in a part, in a, being where everyone has an opportunity to see and and you're able to touch, so to speak, um, meaning, and, and the word that we use a lot is kind of that omnipresence um, feel so that, you know, you do have a presence across all social platforms. Um, you do have a presence through email and text. You do have a presence um, everywhere that your customers uh, are going to be and where they're going to be consuming information or where their attention is. Um, you know, I, I joke around a lot because we do focus a lot in the digital space, obviously, because that's where the attention is. Um, and we really work on uh, diversifying platforms and making sure, okay, we, we do have a strong presence on Facebook, but we also need to have a, a presence on Instagram and, and YouTube and Google and all these major platforms that uh, people are going to be on. But if everyone was hanging out in the middle of a of a cornfield, we would be marketing there um, <laughs> if that's where their attention was. But um, you know, the the long story is where your where your audience is and where your core audience is. But uh, the ultimate thing is is to be looking how can I be present um, across all you know across all platforms that my audience spends the the most amount of time. And uh, traditionally, that's that's in a lot of different places because. We just have a lot more options in 2022. Yeah, boy, it really is amazing. But then this is the question I am asked often, and I do not know the answer to it. So mm -hmm. I'll ask you and see if you can help. And that is, how does someone then know if their efforts are actually working? Well, I mean, so that's changed a lot, especially over the last eight, 10 months. Um, you know, regulations and, and, um, privacy really is starting to, to take off and, and rightfully so. Um, and so that has changed the way that people view. And I think over the last four or five years, you know, these platforms have been able to track all the way down to, to very small data points. And uh, it's kind of spoiled a lot uh, whenever you looked at, well, what's my return on ad spend and all these other metrics that now you're starting to see that, that those aren't necessarily easy to obtain. And it's kind of going back to uh, a little bit and, and some, some folks that, that have that traditional mindset of uh, really just making sure that we have people seeing what it is we have to offer. And if our efforts, if we are putting content out there for running paid campaigns, which we focus on a lot, 
across all these platforms. You know, one is you just look at revenue, overall revenue versus overall ad spend. And if you're continuously seeing growth and positive movement, then yeah, I mean, you're, you're can obviously see that what you're doing is working. Um, and I think it's, it's that it's the overall just, you know, whenever you start talking about uh, advertising in general, you know, it's just about getting in front of the right people and uh, utilizing these platforms in today's age, we're able to get very targeted and you're able to, to get in front of people that are searching and actively looking. Um, while we may not be able to track that back to each specific platform because of these regulations, uh, overall, the activity and the positive movement and understanding what benchmarks you're looking for uh, to see and know whether or not you're seeing positive movement. But, um, and that's a lot of it is, is just understanding that you create content, you get a lot of eyeballs on that content, then you keep uh, the content staying in front of them. And then you see positive movement from whether that's just traffic to then understanding, okay, if we're getting a lot of traffic to our website, but we're still not getting those converted into leads, well, you can probably realize pretty quickly that the bottleneck now is not in the marketing and the advertising. And this is a big mistake I see a lot of people make is that they want to blame it on the marketing and advertising. Well, the marketing and advertising is doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's getting in front of your ideal audience and it's driving traffic to your website but your website may be the bottleneck and that's where you need to put a lot of your focus. Um, so it's understanding kind of each benchmark along the way, knowing where to correct that. Um, and once you correct it and you see each step of the process, then you can really hit that ultimate goal, which is uh, for most, either more leads, either more sales. But at the end of the day, you know, putting the content out there, getting eyeballs on it, it, it it's, that's going to get you growth. Um, then it's about identifying where the bottlenecks are in the process if you're not getting the ultimate outcome at the end. Um, so hopefully that, that answered the question or made sense there, but um, positive movement and overall revenue to overall marketing spend is, is typically the safest way that you can see what's working and what's not. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely made sense. It, it does bring up a, another question about, um, how much time you need to give uh, a marketing campaign in order for it to really take hold? For sure, I, yeah, and obviously that's a that's a loaded question, but yeah, um, and it depends. It depends if you're you're trying to to do it on your own, um, like you can in in this day and age. I mean, you have self serving ad platforms, whether that's Facebook or Google or YouTube, um, and trying to to give that time and it, it does play a role as far as like what your budget is and how fast you're getting the data that you need. But typically, you know, if you were to hire uh, a partner, um, my rule of thumb and what I tell a, a lot of our, our prospects or our clients and partners, if you're starting from scratch, you've never done anything, especially from an online perspective, you know, the first few weeks should be a lot of testing. And that's usually 14 to 21 days. We're running a lot of different variations, a lot of different ad campaigns to a lot of different audiences. 
uh, to quickly identify what's working and what's not working. Um, and obviously you want to cut the stuff off that isn't working and you want to start scaling up the stuff that, that is. And there's a lot of different data points that you look at, a lot of different benchmarks just based off of averages that we've seen and, and our experiences um, doing this for as long as we have. And then, you know, once you get that testing down um, and you understand what audiences are engaging, what content, what creative, what copy, what messaging is um, really resonating with those audience members, then it becomes uh, a part of, okay, now we, we need to get it optimized, which typically about 45 days in, it, we're going to be seeing where we're optimized. And basically what that means is we've identified multiple audiences and we are really um, now getting the numbers, what we refer to as the cost to get in front of a thousand people, which is also referred to as CPM, but the cost to get in front of a thousand people, we feel that we are getting that at the lowest cost possible by that 30 to 45 day mark in. Then once you kind of get to that point, it starts to focus the attention on, okay, now that we have the right audiences, we've got the right marketing messages figured out, are we getting the results that we want? And if not, now we need to put focus more on the landing page or the website, the sales page to see if that is converting at the levels possible that we want. And obviously we will be able to identify that based on the actions that uh, the uh, visitors are taking. And then you work through that through conversion rate optimization. And then um, you know, and that's typically about 45, 60 days in. And my rule of thumb is give it, be prepared to give it 90 days, if anything else, uh, to work through all that. Um, obviously, the longer, the better to figure it out. But, uh, you know, 90 days is a good rule of thumb that I try to, to prepare everybody for. That's great. Thank you for that. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. And are there any new platforms or services out there that we might not know about that you would recommend businesses pay attention to? Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's a lot of platforms out there that just, for example, everybody's familiar with YouTube, but they don't really understand or, or they're not familiar with the opportunities 
there are on YouTube um, to run, you know, very, very uh, solid paid campaigns and get in front of your target audience. You know, TikTok is a big buzzword right now in the industry, and there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I think from a, a bigger, higher level, I'm sure everybody's heard the term of, of NFTs and, and crypto and all of that stuff. And I do think that the, the um, NFT world and Web3 is going to be a huge opportunity uh, for a lot of businesses to create additional revenue sources and customer loyalty. Um, but we're still a ways out from that. Uh, so there, there absolutely is, and it's a constant moving target, um, but normally the, the traditional methods of text message marketing to your database, email marketing to your database, um, the, the main platforms that you see today are still crushing it. It's just a lot of times I see that the strategy is wrong, especially for uh, limited budgets. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> it is an interesting um, phenomenon. You know, it's an interesting thing to watch the opportunities there, but it really is all about the strategy. 100%. And I like everybody should know, it, you can make anything work with any budget. You just have to have the right strategy yeah. and then the right expectations. And that's really it. And we've worked with budgets from, you know, huge budgets all the way down to just beginner budgets, including our own, my own business and brand that I started and, and I've been through it. So I, I understand turning it, you have to make every dollar work and see a return. And when you look at it that way, then knowing the whole ecosystem and how it works and how you leverage and get the most out of each budget, you know, the strategy is the most important. Obviously execution is right behind it. But the strategy is everything and you can yeah. make any budget work with the right strategy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And talk to me some about databases. Why, why do you feel that that is so important for long term success? Well, the database, you know, the, those are those are your loyal customers. Those are people who already know, like and trust you. They've already been bought in enough to opt in to your database. And, you know, if you're let's, for example, uh, restaurants, um, if you have a new special, if you have a new menu item, if you have anything along those lines, those are going to be your database, your email database, your text database. Uh, they're going to be the first ones to take advantage of it because they already know the value of what it is you have to offer and they know the value of the specials you're, you're offering. Um, but the database too, as you continue to see these changes and you can then you see regulations and privacy concerns, getting people off these platforms and into a database that you own, that you can take and move with you if you're moving platforms or let's say a platform completely shuts down. Um, that database you're always going to own and they're going to be loyal customers that then you can market to through email, through text, through um, you know, obviously voice conversations uh, anytime that you need and you don't have to invest ad spend dollars for that other than whatever you're paying for, uh, obviously that service provider, that email provider, text provider. Um, so the more that you can build that database up and typically a lot of our clients see 25 to 35% 
of their overall revenue coming just from email and text or SMS or messenger marketing to their database, well, most of that revenue is going straight to the bottom line as well. And um, it becomes consistent, predictable, and repeatable. And uh, it really is the foundational piece that everybody should be focusing on to build and grow, uh, not just for short-term success, but long-term success, uh, because you're always going to own that and you're always going to be able to get in front of the people in your database. I really appreciate you um, explaining that. I, I think that is such a great point that your opportunities to be engaging and connecting with them are so much greater um, when you got their information and, and the various ways of doing that. Are there any concerns about over communicating with the database? I mean, obviously there's there's there needs to be thought behind that. Um, however, most of the time, the biggest thing that we see why people don't have success when they're communicating with their database is one, they don't have one a, a solid strategy, a plan in place of when they're going to send communications out and how often, and they're not consistent with it. But we see what holds people back is they don't communicate enough. They're so worried about over communicating and being annoying and this, that, and the other. Um, but normally it's the exact opposite uh, where they need to be sending more communications out to their database. Now that's for email. Uh, text is obviously a little bit more of an intimate communication and you do need to, to be cognizant of that. Uh, but email, there's so much more opportunity for brands and businesses to leverage email and communicate more. And they would actually see uh, an increase most of the time in the results that they're getting. Uh, because ultimately what you want is you want to know for every email communication or text that you send out, you want to know that 20% of that database takes action from those communications. And whenever you start talking about knowing that and the importance of having a database, at that point, you can, if you're low on revenue one month or, or you need to pick up, you need more leads coming in, you know you can send out an email and get that because that is the percentage. And the more that you build up that database, obviously, the more opportunities 20% creates. You know, 20% of 1,000 is different than 20% of 100. Um, and so it, that's really the way to, to look at database marketing um, and conversational marketing, which is really big and up and coming uh, term. And uh, yes, you need to think about over communicating, but typically uh, you, everyone is under communicating whenever it comes to their database, believe it or not. Interesting. And, and would you say, Brandon, would you say that these things that we're talking about with the database and whatnot, do they pertain, pertain to certain industries like retail and restaurants more than others like uh, B2B sorts of industries? No, okay. no, no. It, and, and obviously a lot of it is, is based off the content that you're putting out there, but you know, B2B being able to, and obviously we're a B2B business and we do all these things and, and have marketed online and built the business that way. 
uh, as well. So that that's one big misconception, especially whenever it comes to, to digital, is that I'm B2B and my, my clients aren't on these platforms and they're not online and it's the exact opposite. And LinkedIn's the only place to go for B2B and that's usually the exact opposite as well. LinkedIn is fantastic, um, but your clients, B2B, B2C, whatever, are on these platforms. That's what they're doing. They're on their phone, just like everybody else. Um, and uh, whenever it comes to B2B and communicating, we have a lot of clients in the B2B space, not just ourselves, but you know, it becomes even more and more important uh, to have a good strategy and communicate to your database um, for B2B. Uh, it's not just B2C. Uh, obviously, there are a little bit different strategies and, and the way yeah, that you right. deliver that. But right. no, it, you need to be communicating and building up a database. B2B, B2C, um, doesn't matter. It's, it's still touch points and it's still a way to build your brand uh, very cost efficiently. Um, and uh, it still leads to that long-term success. Yeah, thank you. That's great. I, I'm so glad that I asked the question because that's my feeling, but that's what I hear from, from a lot of people, you know, that, that they think certain methods are really specific to certain industries. But I like what you said about it. You know, the, the strategy is going to be different, but the medium is still valuable. Yeah. I mean, it's all at the end of the day, it's all about touch points. Yeah. You know, the more, the more places uh, someone sees your brand, the more often they see your brand um, and with the more relevant content to them that provides them value or, or provides them an experience or entertainment or whatever it is that you're looking to do, um, the more they're going to trust your brand, the more they're going to have a relationship with your brand, they're going to have a comfort level with your brand and ultimately do business with your brand um, if at the very least, if they are considering finding a solution that you offer, they will come to you to put your bid in the ring. Uh, there is no question about that. So the more that you're able to stay in front of them, the more you're able to uh, communicate to them and have that direct communication, which a database provides, um, the more likely you're going to get that business and build that audience up and build that community. Um, and you're going to see the dividends from that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's really, it's valuable. This has been really, really valuable information. And so um, thank you so much for coming on and spending this time with me. Will you um, let the listeners know how they can find you, please? Yeah, you can go to linchpinsales.com. That's our main website. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram. You know, you can find my profile. I'd love to connect with anybody on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, you can communicate with us any way that uh, suits you best. Because they're everywhere everyone is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Name of the game. We practice what we preach. So we kind of have exactly. to be. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, Brandon, again, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You're who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. 
And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.